Hello everybody, this is Duygu Özen. I am founder of The Weird Company. It's been a long time. We didn't give up what we are doing because our why is really big to create new impactful strategies under conscious executive officer to spread about conscious business, conscious leadership, conscious marketing. Today, I would like to introduce with Laura and she will share her story and what she is working on about her startup and there are many great inspirational stories from her. Let's start and if you have any question, any feedback, please reach me out. And well, hello Laura, how are you? Hi, Doika. Great to see you again. Absolutely. I am so happy you are here today. And uh, would you like to start, introduce yourself? And let's start there. Absolutely. Yes. So I am Laura Wells, the founder and CEO of Awake Teams. Awake Teams is disrupting the soft skills training development market. They're called power skills now because everyone recognizes these, these quote, soft skills are actually what is required uh, to succeed in business today and into the future. So Wake Teams is disrupting the training and development market by measuring the impact of these what would have been very hard sort of nebulous uh, skills development in workplaces. And a bit about me and how did I get here? So I started my career in Fortune 100 companies working on amazing brands consumer packaged goods, brands that you know and love, M&Ms. And I worked at Colgate on the Palmolive brand in France. And I also worked at Disney. I worked on Dove at Unilever, really amazing consumer packaged goods brands. And increasingly over time recognized that I wasn't showing up fully in those environments, that I wasn't bringing my full authentic voice to the table, and I wasn't contributing my full potential. And I decided to leave corporate after quite a long stint, (laughs) and I went to nonprofit. And I took all of my business skills, got a newfound appreciation for how how important my business training was and how good it was in a small administrative nonprofit office. So big, powerful nonprofit called the Brain and Behavior Research Foundation with a relatively small staff. And this was absolutely the right step for me. I was able to contribute to a personally meaningful cause. So it's a neuroscience foundation. They fund innovative researchers in the mental health space. And I got to recognize the the importance of my business skills, how valuable they are, and how quickly I was able to add value. I did that for about six years, learned a tremendous amount about neuroplasticity and human capacity for change and what it takes for sustainable behavior change, and took that back to the corporate world as a corporate trainer. And what I learned as a corporate trainer is that my experience is not anecdotal, that many, many people within corporate environments feel their potential thwarted to some extent, that their voice and therefore their contribution is not optimized. And they love facilitated emotional intelligence training environments where they're able to connect more with their colleagues, 
express more of what's really happening with them, just show up more fully as a human being. Something magical happens in those environments. So very popular. I taught very popular training courses at leading companies, LinkedIn, Facebook, Uber, HP. Um, and I also kept bumping into a frustration on the part of buyers telling me, we know we need these emotional intelligence skills. We know they're the power skills of the future. We know collaboration and communication are, are crucial for our success. We are throwing money at it and we never know what these programs do. And I just kept hearing that frustration. And then I would sometimes get the challenge. And do you believe that in a three hour or a one day workshop, this is creating sustainable change? And I didn't have good answers. So awake te- I've created awake teams. It's a COVID baby. Um, and created the solution that I believe is needed for both sustainable behavior change with measured impact. Amazing. Uh, it's so inspiring story, by the way. Thank you for sharing, Laura. Um, you mentioned very great highlighted things, and one of them is emotional intelligence. It is, it is so important, especially business life. And whenever we use our logical side or left brain, it is not connected our hearts. It is not creating to happy environment in our organizations. I will connect here to empathy to organizational culture. Um, it, actually, there is a great quote this morning uh, I saw it on LinkedIn. Culture is a reflection of the consciousness of the leader. And you worked with Forbes 500 companies and you know you were maybe unhappy you didn't align your soul whatever you want to do about your life which parties leadership should improve yourself about yourself yeah so that is a good quote that culture is a reflection of the consciousness of the leader i would say culture is a result of behaviors period and awake teams develops behaviors so we develop the behaviors that research indicates drive engagement belonging and retention so engagement being showing up fully simply people showing up fully at work you know and the belonging feeling that we're, we're seen and heard as we are and retention obviously is wanting to stick around so i believe that culture equals behaviors and and yes behavior Behavior is a reflection of consciousness. How aware am I of how I'm behaving and my impact on others? And I need others in that process to help me see it. I don't always know what my impact is. And this is why we we develop teams together. I think individuals can only take themselves so far. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear more details about awake teams, how defining the behaviors under the software and how it's working. Yeah, well, thank you for your interest. (laughs) I really, yeah, and your curiosity. So we started by this this idea of employee engagement. It's the most tracked metric in the people space. It's just been around for a couple of decades. People showing up cognitively, emotionally, and physically, showing up at work contributing. And so there's the most research and the most substantial and, and significant research on employee engagement. So we started with that. Employee engagement will be how we measure 
impact. Now, what are the key drivers of employee engagement? And that's where we started digging through the research. And we came up with these three foundational areas, trust building, psychological safety is a piece of that, communication, speaking clearly, giving and receiving feedback effectively, that kind of thing, and collaboration skills such as managing conflict. So Wake Teams is based on those three behavioral areas, trust building, communication, and collaboration. And we, sh we share the research that, that we've built the program on, and we identify specific behaviors that we're developing in each module. So it's a series of three-month modules. Each behavioral area gets three months. And, you know, and then level two, we'll, we'll dive much deeper. Um, but for the first year curriculum, each behavioral area gets three months. And we measure specifically through the lens of peer feedback from the baseline, how the team and the individuals are developing in the behaviors. And then we track a correlation with engagement, employee engagement, that's really substantially defined and measured metric and some key team performance metrics. Wow. Wow, you mentioned three important um, dimensions actually for all relationship and trust building, communication and collaborations. And three, these important aspects together under the awake teams. It will, it is, yeah, it, it is really so important for organizations, culture, business, and even in our life, in our personal life. Yeah, we humans. Yes. <laughs> That's how we thrive is yes, when we when we feel safe and we're able to show up fully, when we skillfully articulate what's in our minds and our hearts, and when we're able to resolve issues with each other and step forward. Mm -hmm. They are very fundamental, fundamental human skills. Isn't it? Sometimes this part is we are missing in our business life. I've been there uh, in part of my life. You know, I was just focused maybe numbers. I forgot my heart. But and then I realized it now that, you know, we need to act with empathy, love and compassion. And then it's creating the valuable and meaningful businesses and projects in our life. True. Yeah, that's just right. I think we can't separate our human brilliance, intelligence, rational thinking from the rest of us. You know, we just in making that separation just creates can create a lot of destruction, actually. You know, I think if we split ourselves and we're not showing up with all of us, well, then it's easier to make decisions without consciousness about the impact that we're having with those behaviors and how we're showing up and what is it that we're contributing to actually what is the impact of this business I'm involved in on the world in a holistic way not just logically rationally the numbers but in that in that holistic way so true you know um we need to act maybe more loving way in our business life, actually. You're right. And uh, what do you think about the team? How they can uh, contribute to meaningful communication to each other? 
Nowadays, I am thinking about the competition. For example, I was in the college, university, you know, we were talking about to be competitive. It was so important. And then uh, if we are hiring somebody, we were looking for their competitive sides uh, as a character. But today, the competition is not creating to loving environment in the business. And what do you think about it? Yeah, you know, I, 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 I try to frame it around performance, you know, um, so that so that I speak the same language with, you know, with the people that I'm talking to. And, and I really do want this to be about performance, that, that businesses succeed the more people are showing up fully and contributing fully. And so I, yeah, so I'm, I'm just responding to the word loving because that can just, you know, like people can have an allergic reaction to that, like being loving at work. Um, and, you know, what, what we know is that teams are essential for success in business, for performance. And ideally, each person shows up with their unique contribution. And the sum ends up being greater than the parts in a team when you're able to effectively work together. So when the ideas are welcome, when I'm, when I'm confident in my voice, I can actually bring this in here. They want to hear it. I can ask challenging questions, it's okay. We can grapple with differences. All of that only can happen interpersonally. And research tells us that it maximizes learning and it maximizes impact. Ideas actually get better the more they're grappled with within a team. If you go quick, too quickly to consensus, then you're missing that sort of rich, broader perspective grappling effect amazing this is a random question but i am curious about your knowledge if you know what is the conscious business organization for you and you can give example if you know any company around all around the world or how you define it what is the conscious business yeah so, yeah great question yeah so a conscious business to me is where the people inside because corporations are not people <laughs> it's, the, it's the humans inside that people are showing up fully aware of their impact and expressing their voices to me that's a conscious business so it's it's that the people are really there and they're really saying what they mean and therefore the impact of a conscious business out into the world the ripples are positive there there's also an awareness of the impact of the ripples so the more fully i'm showing up my voice is expressed i'm able to grapple with different perspectives on my team I also am able to consider ramifications of decisions that are being made. So the, it's both the development of human potential within the organization and positive net effect of the ripples of the organization in the world. That's my definition of conscious business. Beautiful, beautiful, Laura, like every time. And you write, you know, human-centric. And this is what we missed many years in our organizations. And right now we focus more our teams than our environments than the out of the organizations. And this is so important. Um, what is the, our next step 
to create your more impact for the world or for yourself or your team? Yeah, and I did. I actually didn't name a company. I think a company, you know, and I'm not on the inside. You only know so much from the outside. But a company who I think leads in conscious business is Patagonia. And my understanding is that people are showing up fully. Voices are welcome. There's a there's a high degree of belonging. This sense of people feeling I'm seen and heard. My voice is valued, e even when when I have a conflicting opinion. Um, and their impact on the world. They've been so careful about their supply chain and the environmental impact. So I, I, so I think from what I can see from the outside, Patagonia is, is a conscious business and that human potential and positive ripple effect in the world. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, for me, what is impact? You know, I, I, I believe very strongly that the world needs all of us contributing our potential, that we're at a we're at a point in our trajectory as a human species that we need to like all hands on deck. And so that means there are a million ways that we humans need to be contributing positively, becoming aware of the impact and making better choices. There are so many ways this needs to be done. For me personally, it's business. It's shifting business culture. I, I have personal lived experience there and I'm a corporate trainer and I know the hunger for this, like wanting more connection, wanting to be more real at work, wanting to have a positive effect in the world that, that this is mine. This is mine to do. You know, again, there are a million other ways that we need to be thinking about human impact. For me, it's, it's, creating those business cultures where people are alive, contributing, thriving, and the ripples are positive. And the recovering to all these things, I think authenticity. We, are, we should be who we are and wherever we are in business or in our personal life. And the environment should be to show myself fully who I am with my emotions, with my logical side. And this is, I think this is increasing day by day, especially after pandemic and pandemic changed so many things about our business life. Yes, there's much less tolerance now for not being able to show up as ourselves at work. And actually the, the very first trust Trust behavior in awake teams is show yourself. You know, that's the first behavior is me first. Like I need to practice letting you see who I am, really. True. And I am, uh, I have a mentor for some entrepreneurs uh, under the Chobani and other some organizations. And the most questions I am having right now, you know, which books do I read or which podcast I am listening and our audiences most entrepreneurs and i would love to hear from you you know what is your recommendations as books podcasts or maybe linkedin instagram accounts yeah oh my Just goodness all right you you are you're, you're catching me here because I am a startup founder, early stage startup. We, we have we have a product and market and we have our first paid pilots, but I am not reading a lot of books and I'm not listening to a lot of podcasts. So I'm just going to bust myself and say, I love to read. I love to read. And 
um, you know, my past lives, it's been a, it's, it, it's been a very rich part of my life. And right now it is, it is not a part. I, I am spinning a lot of balls and a lot of plates and um, right now books and podcasts, I have to admit are not. Uh, yeah. It's an art podcast. It's conscious executive <laughs> <laughs> I aspire. I, I, I aspire to that. I look forward to the day when there's more room on my plate. Yeah, and and I participate. I one one podcast I do listen to is Acquired, and you know I'm not, I'm, I haven't been very regular, um, especially recently. But Acquired is a podcast hosted by two very smart guys here in well, in the Northwest. I, I, one is in the Bay Area and one is in Seattle. And they, in a very deep way, they, they break apart different startup success stories. And it's, it's very intelligently done and, and, and really interesting. So, you know, it, it isn't an explicit conscious business lens uh it's it's more of a startup success lens and i guess i've you know i i personally have dedicated many years of my life to personal development and consciousness and right now my focus is more on the startup success makes sense i can't relate it and amazing um let me see i had a, actually lost one more questions about uh, um, neuroplasticity you mentioned and you worked on it I think so many years or how is how we can change our minds or what is the you know what we can do about it and the following question is what is the success for you Oh my goodness. Okay, so neuroplasticity, yes. Yeah. So so in my work at the Brain and Behavior Research Foundation, it's a nonprofit. And so the most important part of my job, I headed up marketing and communications, I think I said, the most important part of my job was to translate this innovative neuroscience research that was being funded. So it was young investigators who needed proof of concept, kind of like a pre-seed fundraising route. They needed proof of concept before they often went on to get National Institute of Health funding. And what I needed to do was translate the research into lay terms so that donors, it was a charitable foundation, would give more money. And so I grew a love for research. And in that, that translating work, you know, and obviously getting a lot of assistance from researchers and, and making sure that I was doing it correctly, having them always approve the articles much of the work is based on, on the discovery about neuroplasticity. So, so they're in, in that case at the foundation, they're digging into what, what are the causes of mental illness and what are preventive routes or how do we promote mental health? It's both end. And it's because of neuroplasticity that the, the knowledge that, gosh, it's only 25 or 30, 30 years old that we have the capacity throughout our lifespan to continue to learn, to, to, to develop new neural circuitry and open up new networks in our brains. And you know, the, the belief prior to 30 years ago was that after a certain stage in life, maybe around 25 years old, that stops. And kind of our brain is what it is. Like we've, got, we've gotten through our key development phases and now we have our brain. And it isn't true. Our brain is changing all the time. 
you know, excess stress can change it for the worst and the brain can recuperate. Um, you know, the, the, it, it works both ways, that neuroplasticity thing. So we need to take care of our brains too. And the more we put ourselves into novel situations, the more we're enabling our brain to learn and grow, if you will. It's not that it's growing larger or heavier, it's that the, the networks, you know, the activity of the networks within the brain. So that's neuroplasticity, this capacity throughout our lifespan that people, we, people used to believe and, and scientists used to believe, no, it stops at a certain age. And that enables all this amazing research to, to happen because of that possibility, we can intervene, we can prevent, the brain can recuperate. And it's figuring out how, you know, there's, we still have everything to learn um, really about the brain, but it's based on that fundamental learning, really. It's really cool. You have so many experiences and skills, neuroplasticity, your um, professional life experience and now all together and creating to awake teams your business your startup and this is amazing Laura thank you for sharing all this knowledge and wisdom and the last question is how do you define success oh what a great question and thank you Doiga for the for the feedback so I do feel like Right now, as a startup founder creating Awake Teams, this brings everything I have ever done in my life to the table. I'm stretched all the time, learning all the time, and I'm contributing at a level that I just haven't before. And to me, that success, or at least a part of success, is like my own actualization, if you will. I spent, I spent many years in a in a meditation and, and spiritual community, and we talked a lot about realization. Um, and I feel like I'm in an actualization. Do we, and what do I mean by that? I don't want to get esoteric. I just mean actualizing my own personal potential. Like, what is it? I have to contribute it to contribute and how do I do that? So, so part of success for me is my own, this full contribution, learning all the time, stretching and growing. And then the second part of success for me is impact. What impact, what are the ripples? So the same thing, I, I guess it's a reflection what I said about conscious business would be developing human potential within and positive ripple effects out. And for me, it's the same, that, that, will, that is success for me. That, my own potential, developing my own potential and the positive ripple effect in impact, impact in the world. Impact in the world. Beautiful, Laura. Thank you very much. And is there anything you want to add? Uh, you want to say something? I think I want to reverse this someday. And I want to interview you and, and hear your story and give you the <laughs> opportunity to tell, to tell the world about your own story. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Thank you, Laura. I hope we do our second second podcast with you. It was amazing, and whenever I talk with you, I we met. I think this is fourth time. And it is so inspiring, you know. And your energy, and what you are, whatever you are doing, it is so impactful. Thank you very much, Laura. Thank you too so much. Thanks for inviting me, and thank you for your your own ripple effect in the world and what you're up to. Thank you.